Hello and welcome to the Super Turd Podcast with your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert, where we'll talk real estate, sports, business, and beer in the triangle. And now, here's your host, Michael Turbot. And welcome to the Super Turb Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Added Turbot Group, Cobalt Banker HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb, a.k.a. Coach Turb. And I'm back with the Super Turb Podcast, episode 43, where we talk real estate, business, sports, and beer in the triangle. And I have an awesome guest with me today, Mark Parker. He's VP of Sales for Cobalt Banker, Howard Perry and Walson here in Raleigh, North Carolina, also known as my boss, my broker in charge here, and probably one of the best broker and chargers around. And I wanted him to come on, tell his story. Mark was just featured, uh, Realtor of the Year Award in 2022, Manager of the Year Award 2020. I'm sure I'm leaving some things out. That's okay. Um, I'll get I'll get some more questions here in a minute. When you came over, it seems like time flies, but I can't wait for you to tell your story, tell everyone listening just how you got here, what you love about what you do. We'll talk real estate. We'll talk about our market here in the Triangle. People listening for the first time again, I'm a local real estate expert in the Raleigh Durham or what we call a Triangle area. Been selling real estate for over. I'm going into my 16th year, just loving helping people accomplish the real estate goals. Started the Super Turb Podcast late 2020 to talk to local business owners, entrepreneurs you know, sports, whatever, just to tell their story. Also, you know, mix in some real estate updates, and it's been just a fantastic time. So I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, actually, no, before I get to that, I always have a little real estate update, Mark. So then we'll take a quick break, and then Go we'll start it. the interview. So many of you guys that follow me, you saw my video a couple uh, last week where I compared the real estate market from 2020 of January of 2020 to January of 2022 and just wanted to talk about what we've seen in those, that two years. For many of us, it seemed like, forever but then we blink and it was just two years so going into january of 2020 guys uh, we had no idea covid was on our doorstep but our inventory for that first time in my career wake county had a 1.7 month inventory of property that was for wake county put that in perspective in january of 2009 we had a 19 month supply of inventory in the triangle march of 2020 hit covid hit of course things you know Everybody hit pause, but one thing that kept going was people purchasing real estate, and that had a couple. That was due to the low interest rates and the high demand for property for people that are moving into our location. You fast forward two years, our inventory now is down 82% to 0.3 months supply, and our average appreciation has gone up 37%. Our average appreciation has actually gone up from 360,000 in January of 2020 to 491,000 in January of 2022. And they're also projecting probably another 20 plus percent appreciation this year, which I can attest to with the offers we're receiving, the offers we're writing to help people accomplish their real estate goals. In saying that, if you're listening, if you're thinking at all about, hey, Turb, how much money am I sitting on? Turb, how much equity do I have? Should I sell now? But I don't know where I want to go. Just message me. No obligation. Would love to show you what our team can do to help you win, put you in the right position to sell that home, use that equity you've gained over the last couple few years uh, to either downsize, go to your next home. So we'd be honored to have the opportunity to gain your business. So that's my real estate update. Mark, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Mark Parker. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing in the triangle, Michael Turbot with the Ida Turbot Group, Coldwell Banker HPW, will put you in position to win. 
With almost 15 years of real estate experience, Michael and his team will help navigate you through the real estate transaction from beginning to end, always putting your best interests first. In today's competitive real estate market, now more than ever, selecting the real estate professional to assist you with your biggest investment is vital. Please contact Michael Turbot today to find out more on what he and his team do to separate themselves from the rest and help you accomplish your real estate goals. Remember, who you work with matters, and Michael looks forward to hearing from you soon. And welcome back to the Super Turb Podcast. And I'm your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Audit Turbot Group, Cobalt Banker HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb. And I have my featured guest sitting right here next to me, Mark Parker. Mark, say hello to everybody listening out there. You're on Apple. You're on Spotify. You're live on Facebook. You're live on LinkedIn. And you're live on YouTube. So even when we're done here, people can go back and watch. Fantastic. So tell everybody your name and where you're from. Well, um, I'm Mark Parker. Uh, I'm from all, all over the place. I've... Uh, Born and raised in, in a lot of different places of the country, or should I say overseas. Uh, born in Zimbabwe, lived in Malawi, lived in South Africa, lived in Belgium, lived in England. My parents were in Brazil for quite a bit, and now I've called Raleigh home for the last 19 years, or a little bit longer than that, actually. So uh, it's just good to be here. So uh, You've had some great guests on here, Michael, or should I call you Super Turb? Super Turb. I'm yeah, Turb. you're Turb. Coach Turb. Yeah. So just to be here People with you People say Michael, I, it's my wife. Usually I'm in trouble. Right. You're running. You know, yeah, I'm usually like, oh gosh, what's going on? <laughs> right, but... You've had some great guests on here, so it's just an honor, and I'm excited to be here and just kind of talk it's, a little bit about things. It's so. so much fun because when I started this podcast, you know, I was just like, you know, I needed more content. You know, I'm really big at social media. I right. love helping people. I love giving advice. I think that's something in our industry where we need more of. You know, I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk a few years ago, and he's probably one of the best marketers of all time, if not the best. And his sister is actually a real estate agent. You know, we're being people that give here, Gary V. And I listened to about a 19-minute podcast, and it changed my perspective of how we help people in this industry, especially with the power of social media. He says, just give this stuff for free. So that's why I'm really big with real estate updates, also with uh, featuring local businesses, you know, helping people promote themselves. Because um, you're not only just an agent, you want to be that expert of the town. So that's where I started this, and it's just manifested now where it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. So now you're. So how long have you been in real estate? Uh, I started in two thousand. Oh, excuse me, nineteen ninety nine. So uh, twenty three, going on twenty four years. So uh, now we're here in Raleigh. In Raleigh, yes. So I started with Fonville Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with Fonville Morrissey for about twenty two years. Great company. Um, but I was in sales for about ten years. Had a small team, but. Uh, at one point, we were the top uh, selling team for for the company, and, and had, a, had a nice career in sales. But in 2008, well, 2009, I transitioned into managing, managed another larger office, um, and then we had the good fortune when Susan Holbrook, who was the manager here at uh, Cobalt Banker HBW Midtown office, uh, when she was getting ready to retire, she uh, came to me and asked me if I would be interested in kind of taking over the helms, and it was a Complete honor. Now, how when was that? It was a couple years ago. Well, I joined June of uh, two th- yeah two years ago. Two years in twenty twenty. Correct. Right. But uh, she and I had been talking for quite a while. Well, no, we we knew there was a transition going to happen, and uh, you know, hopefully Susan watched this. We were so blessed to have Susan Holbrook as our our leader for so Amazing many years. Lady. We've been in a coal baker since two thousand eleven, which is hard to believe. And we knew that obviously a transition was going to occur. And then of course when you uh, joined, uh, we we can't be happy. We're so lucky to have you. So before real estate. What did you do? Did you have another profession? Well, I dabbled in a few things, but I um, I uh, had a 
two CD retail stores. I'm going to date myself by saying CDs. Uh, yeah, we uh, you, did, you sold CDs. Sold CDs. It actually has a unique concept. What we did is we uh, we sold used CDs. People would bring them into us, um, and it was a real nice store. It, we paid anywhere from two dollars up to five dollars per CD. Turn around, sold them for two ninety nine. Here in Raleigh. What was the name of it? Uh, CD Warehouse. Oh, I remember that. Was where, where was it located? It had one on the corner of uh, Creedmoor and Lynn, and then the other one on High House and Main. I'm and sure Clay. I've been in there. That's could, old That's could, old school. Could very well have, but it was a lot of fun. But it, but it kind of tells me how you got to the position you're now, because you were used to managing a business then, and then you got... So when you said, okay, I'm done with CDs, what made you say, I'm going to go sell real estate? It, I actually transitioned... And what was the market like then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much has changed. So much has changed. I actually have always had a passion for real estate. I actually got my I applied for my license right out of out of college, but I never pursued it. Never went anywhere with it. Um, but when I had the CD stores, they were doing success and they they were doing well on their own. That allowed me the ability to kind of transition into real estate. So I just dabbled in real estate. But two years later. Things just doubled for me, and they kept on growing from there. So my business partner at the time said, hey, do you want to sell? I said, not really. Make me an offer. And ever since then, um, I've never looked back. I've I've been real passionate about being in real estate. It's, as you said, it's a lot of fun. You get to help people. It is, yeah. It's, 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 um, yeah, I mean, it's, and so when you started, how many pages were the contract? It was uh, when we started. It was three, <laughs> and they were carbon copies. So <laughs> yeah, my, my mom started in '87, and she tells me when the contract was just front, like front back. Right um, now we're up to 15 pages. Of course, you're including the receipt of money's page, and yeah. So a lot of things have changed. Um, so now you are VP of Sales, broker in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, t- tell everybody listening, you know, what your role is day to day. I know a lot of it is helping people and maybe putting out fires, but what else do you do that many people don't see you doing behind the scenes? It is. It's, it's a lot of solving problems. Um, that's I, I probably do the, the, the thing that I do the most is solving problems, finding ways to fix things, helping agents in many ways. I mean, a lot of times when agents have an issue, they come to me, I try and help them out with it. But it's not just that. It's helping people build their careers, uh, elevating them, believing in them, probably a little bit more than they believe in themselves, and creating opportunities for them. So it's, it's a lot of fun. There's no set day. My day is, uh, it can start one way and go completely off track, and, but it is, I I feel very lucky to do what I do on a daily basis. No, and so you said around 2008, you said you you got into the manager managerial role then. Mm-hmm. What kind of led you to that? You know, you were you, in, did you have a team or were you just an independent agent before? Or? Yeah, so I was an independent agent, and then around 2005, I formed a small team. There was only about four of us. We did real well, um, had a very successful career. Well, we all know what happened in 2008. Oh, yes. Um, and we talk about how much the market has changed. It drastically changed. And, uh, you know, my former manager, he had been coming to me and asking me to be a manager. And I kept on telling him he couldn't pay me enough because I was having a lot of fun being successful in real estate. But in 2008, I had two young children. And I saw a little bit of necessity for security, for family, a little bit of stability. So I decided to go into management. I was very lucky. Uh, took over a great office and, um, you know, no regrets. Yeah. I, I miss the sales aspect of it, but I also enjoy what I do because I get to see people hit new levels and, and you know help them get to new heights. And for that, you were just named Realtor of the Year. That was, so how did that make you feel? Obviously pretty pumped, pretty honored. That was a very 
It was a big surprise, but yeah. it made me feel good. It, yeah. it was a uh, you know when it, when that's sort of awarded from from your fellow colleagues, it, it makes you feel good, and so um, yeah, it was pretty special. Well, the leadership you provide is, is second to none, and you mentioned the love for real estate. So, you know, I know tell everyone listening, you know, what that is, like why, you know, what gets you up, and you know, it's a it's a challenging job too, you know. But what what would you say you love most about real estate? Well, public? no doubt, it's it's a very challenging, stressful business to be in. But you know what? Um, every day, I love to wake up and get to go to work because I love what I do. It's fun. It's exciting. We'd mentioned yes, problems come up, but uh, uh, every day is different. Every day poses a new challenge, and I'm a problem solver by nature. So whenever someone presents me with a problem, there's a solution for everything, and it's just trying to figure out how to make that happy. And yes, we're you know we we represent our clients, but at the end of the day, we got to put a transaction together, and that make, makes everyone happy. And that's where, and that's where uh, you know my hashtag Coach Turb came in as well. You know, before this, you knew I was a right. college basketball coach. And in residential real estate, we're coaching the whole time. And we just got to spend an offer last night, got a counter. Now we're coaching on how we should go about getting it done. Um, You have things arise that you're not expecting. But I think the one thing you also mentioned is you have a problem and a solution. And I always tell our team, you want to concentrate on the solution, it will take care of the problem. But if you concentrate on the problem, you don't have a solution. And that's so important in our industry, especially when you're ready to go and talk to your buyers or sellers, something that, you know, happening behind the scenes and prepare to help them get to that next level right. or that step. Um, what are the biggest challenges that, um, that you're seeing today in the market? Oh, wow. Um, well, everyone's heard about the low inventory. It, it, is, it is a, I think yesterday we may have hit a record low. I looked at it, it was 1348 homes actively listed in the entire triangle. So uh, the challenge is, is helping agents or the agents having buyers to find listings and also uh, for who, agents that are typically more on the listing side to get listings. It's, it's just a, it's a challenging market out there. Um, I don't see things changing anytime soon, so we just got to deal with the reality of, of little, little inventory. I think part of that is we've got to change our mindset a little bit, look at things a little bit differently. And yes, it's very difficult, but look at that there's opportunity. If anyone's thinking about selling, now is one of the most opportunistic time in the no world. No question. So. Um, as, so that leads to my next question because – so you have an agent that just started, let's mm-hmm. say within a year. Then you have an agent that's been doing it twenty plus years. Right. What advice are you giving them? That may be a little bit different for each to adapt to this competitive market because I know my coach told me going into this year, we've got to get uncomfortable to even do better than a year ago. Yep. Because you all, like you said, you have to adapt. So what are those conversations like, or what would you tell an agent? Like I said, whether they're doing it. Less than a year or 20 years. Right. Well, I'll say to any new agent, when you don't have a sphere of influence or a client base yet, a lot of times you're trying to earn their trust and earn their confidence, which is great. You always got to do that. But the biggest thing agents have got to do in today's environment is set the right expectations. That's my fellow agent buddy out in San Diego. Oh, there you go. Coaching, uh, core, core agent. Uh-huh. Good, yep. good, good. I'm glad it could be there. So, David's yes. crushing it too. So sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. It's, uh-huh. I think it's really helping, you know, People need to set the right expectation, and that's probably one of the biggest challenges that they're facing is just um, how to have that dialogue to set the expectation. Because if you do that right up front, it sets the path of a smoother transaction. And to be honest, what we have to do differently today, go back to back to old school, yeah. back to basics. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone, reach out to your clients, reach out to anyone that you know. Help them. Uh, I think probably the best thing is educate them on what is happening. I was at a Super Bowl party uh Right after yours, actually, that yeah. was a lot of fun. We had a good time there. But uh, 
people are coming up to me and they're like, Mark, the market is crazy. You guys must be tonning it and just making you know money yeah. left. And it's really not the case because no. the challenge is there's not yeah, enough. Yeah, unless you're in it, you don't get it. And it's not their fault. I mean, you, you know, unless you're really in the bit, you know, because even the buyers that are still approaching us that they maybe haven't bought or buyers that are coming from out of state or buyers that, again, haven't been in the market for 10 plus years, mm-hmm. they just, they either still think that, you know, Sleepy Raleigh, we just like call it, or, you know, that it's the place to invest. I mean, our prices in relation to the rest of the country are still low, right. uh, but how much we've grown, we're catching up. And then I also think they don't really understand the full concept of how tough it is. But that's why we strive on our consults and being buyers, having buyers prepare to get into this environment and put them in position to win. Um, I will say I think we do a really good job of that. If we don't get a home, I hate, I don't like saying winning or losing. As long as our buyers, our clients put their best effort and listen, if we don't get it, it just wasn't meant to be. Right. Now, on Absolutely. the flip side, on the sales side, there's a strategy that's totally involved because I think what we've seen a big big change, and you can elaborate to this as well, is the coming soon strategy. Because I think coming soon is not being used the way it was supposed to be, you know, where actually sellers were preparing their home to sell. Right. Now, I mean, just for example, last Sunday, we had six sight unseen offers on one house, you know, and it was in a coming soon stage. Right. That means people were not even able to walk through the home. They used photos to make their offer. Right. Absolutely. And that's a strategy that is very key in today's market. I'll be the first to say I'm, I was not a big fan of coming soon. I, I think some some people manipulated how it was supposed to be, what the intent of. But in today's market, it is is, is a crucial component of really strategizing, getting the right price for the house getting it market ready, letting people know it's coming, and, and that will maximize the, the seller's opportunity with six side on scenes. Yeah, that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. And so saying that last decade, I know we, we went through a recession, came out of the recession, now we're with no inventory. Um, but in overall, like the triangle itself and its growth, what is the biggest thing you've seen in the, over the last decade with the, with the, uh, the area? Well, the area is just a tremendous amount of growth, and I think we've grown in a very calculated way. Um, you know, we've had a one; we still have a great quality of life. You'd mentioned yes, our prices are increasing, but we're still uh, relatively—I won't say affordable—but we're still viewed as a, a reasonable market. You know, we have a lot of people moving from California, New York, and they see the value here. But really, what it comes down to is we have a great quality of life. Um, when you've got companies like Apple and Google and everything moving here, they obviously understand this is a good place to relocate families uh, and, and grow from there. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, taxes are low. Mm-hmm. You have all the great universities, all the great hospitals. You have the mountains a few hours west, beach a couple hours east. We get our one or two sprinklings of snow, which people, of course, get make excited fun of about. It's on yeah. the radar, things close. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, that's what I've seen. Obviously, these, the expansion of 540, just everything – um, the growth has been immense. And so when people see the market now, the first reaction everyone has is, especially if you're buying, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit on the sideline and wait for the market to crash. I'm going to wait for it to correct itself. And I have to explain that many people, have, you know, it's hard to believe because time flies. Many agents, as well as many people I'm talking to, really never experienced the financial crisis. Right. You know, the, the recession, or we call it the Great Recession. So tell everybody the difference between 2008 and now and why there won't be a crash or why you foresee what's going on to happen for the next two to five years well we all wish we had that crystal ball but mm-hmm. based on everything that i'm seeing happening in the, especially the last few years um here's the big difference 2008 was a financial meltdown 
liquidity wasn't there. Banks did not have the ability to loan out money. So if you don't have money, people couldn't buy. So and then we had, you know, tremendous inventory. People were speculative. They didn't want to move forward. There was a lot of uncertainty. Whereas today, it's purely an inventory problem. We have pent up demand. I think it's 64 people are moving here a day. Um, plus, we've got a, a great talented, educated um, pool of people here right now that want to buy something. So with the lack of inventory and the pent-up demand, I just don't see this pendulum swinging, and it's not going to crash because of the, the demand. Even if we see interest rates rise a little bit. Which it has. It you has. Know, it's getting close to four, but it hasn't slowed anything down. It hasn't. Typically, when you see rates rise a little bit, it creates a little bit of a frenzy. You know, People that were sitting on the sideline may say, I want to get in before it goes up any further, but Interest rates are still low. Um, you know, it, it, I don't see this changing until we get to about four, maybe 5,000 homes on the market. That's when the, it'll become a little bit more of a balanced market. My prediction is we're going to see the same kind of appreciation for the next uh, at least 12, 24 months. And it may start tapering off and going more flat, but it will not crash. No, I, I, well, I always tell people this: you need inventory of a bubble, and that's the biggest thing, the biggest right. difference of you know, 10, 12 years ago when, and we were in denial here in, in Raleigh in the Triangle for the financial crisis because we didn't experience depreciation like many parts of the country right. did, and when. It, you know, I always make the joke, we were like the Clydesdales with the blinders on. Absolutely. Well, that's, they just can't sell where they are. But, of course, when it hit us, it was just the rug was pulled from us. There were so many homes. And then people that were buying either A, weren't qualified to buy, or they had stated income. They had 80-20s. No, and, and I always tell people now, the people that are buying today, for the most part, are putting so much money down up front that even if they got in a pinch, Got equity Even, homes. for example, forbearance, which we don't hear much about now, but, it, you know, when COVID hit, you know, people were walking away with quite a bit of money, even when they weren't a problem for forbearance or COVID affected them. It was just luckily they reached out to us before it got bad, but it's just pretty amazing that, yeah, that you need to, I think the biggest thing that I see and the concern I have is just housing affordability because there's just a lot of buyers that can't buy in right. this market, and that's the shame of it. But, you know, we'll see. Um, for buyers that are sitting on the sideline that are waiting for the market to correct itself, You'll tell them why they need to get in now. Uh, it, well, go back 12 months ago. There were certain people saying, I'm going to sit on the sideline and see what happened. Well, they've seen the properties appreciate 20-plus percent. Um, yeah. And they'll probably see the same thing happen again this year. So um, I think if you sit and wait too long, you may get left behind. Uh, so, again, you know, some people may take that conservative route, respectfully so. But my recommendation, if you're thinking about getting in the housing market, yes, there's some challenges, but I would encourage you to do it today. Because um, if if rates do keep creeping up, your buying power is going to be diminished somewhat as well. So it's still a great opportunity. Just and get out there. Uh, start the conversation now. It's hard to believe it's not even end of February and it feels there's – no, there's no – this is just the market. You know, people say wait for the spring market. Like it's a full it's, go all the time. wide open. So I'm going to kind of transition now uh, for any agents that are going to be listening to this, they, especially locally, um, watching out here on, you know, social media land. You came over to Cobalt Banker um, – 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, tell everyone out there, you know, what you love about Coldwell Banker and maybe what separates us from some, the competition. You know, everybody has their own systems or, or, or business plans. But if someone's looking to make either make a change or someone's ready to start their real sure. estate career, what does what do you love about Coldwell Banker? Well, I can talk. That's one something near and dear to my heart. I can talk a lot about that. But, uh, you know, I feel very fortunate to be a, a part of a great company like Coldwell Banker, Howard Perry & Walston. You know, we are locally owned, and it is felt that love is, comes from the corporate office and it goes all the way through to the agents. Um, you know, 
there's many things. Obviously, we've got the rep name reputation or, or the branding of Coal Banker, but having the local presence of Howard Perry and Walston, and that's been a big part of it. Obviously, we provide superior tools, superior training, and the training is really ongoing. It's not just for new agents to get them up and running. It is for seasoned agents that want to take their, their career to the next level, whether you're a $5 million producer and you now want to become an $8 million producer, or if you're a $10 million producer and you want to become a $15 million producer. We'll help you get to those next levels through continuing education, through support. Um, we have a, obviously have a great support system. The staff is one of the best. They help everything kind of keep running forward, and then... The tools that we have are, are amazing. We had a Coal Banker uh, convention yesterday, yeah. and we've rolled out some really cool tools that are going to help sellers get their houses market ready. And these are the things that help agents have a better career. So, um, yes, there's a lot of great business models out there, but I truly believe we're the best of the best, and uh, especially this office. This office is one of the great offices. In, in the I, one thing I'll elaborate, we came over in 2011, and I just love the you feel like you're not alone with anything. Right. You've got, I mean, I called you the other night, I think at 7.30 on a Friday, you took my call. Uh, I think that's big, especially now in this market where you just want to make sure you're doing everything right, but at the same time, you have the same support staff, and it seems like you, you know, with the convention yesterday, we're trying to always stay one step ahead, especially with the marketing, and things are changing daily. Um, right. What do you see most, or do you want to add well, to that? Well, let me add to that. The, something that I really like about the culture that we have here is it's, there's a lot of collaboration. I mean, you've sat on some panels and helped share some of the, your yeah. knowledge and expertise. And I was just talking with Jordan on your team here that these are sort of things that would take years of development if you were doing this on your own, whereas we believe in collaborating and celebrating each other's successes and lifting each other up. And there's a wealth of knowledge in this office to share their different experiences and grow and learn from that is something that's tremendous. And that, that will only benefit our agents being more knowledgeable, but the clients benefit from the knowledge that they bring to now the I always say that, I, I say that too when I speak is, you know, I'm, I'm here to help other agents as well, and as well as I'm always looking for help. And I tell people there's enough business to go around for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Right. Um, even with the top producers in the in the MLS, I mean, there we're just still a small fraction of what was actually sold. So I think people being out there to help one another and to help our business and our craft is, is huge. Where do you see um, real estate changing over the next five years? Well, um one thing is, I, I describe our market as fast. Real estate is moving fast. How we do things compared to how we did them five, ten years ago, it is so much faster. So I, I really think agents need to be up with technology. Um, they oh, need yeah. to be able to move and adapt very quickly because it does change. Um, again, I'd like to go back to that crystal ball and say I wish I had one. I'd have a lot more friends. But um I, I don't. I think we're probably going to be in a real fast market for the next three years, and then it may start tapering off a little bit. But again, the technology is what's going to evolve us. There's always going to be industry. Some people call them industry disruptors, but I like to say it's competition, and competition gives the consumer choice. And as long as the consumer has choice, it keeps everything great. Yeah, I think you're exactly right with the uh, technology, um, especially as the demographics. You know. Uh, the millennials and you know they're now mm -hmm. getting into the full buying power and i always show people this you know this was started in 07 right right our life changed um people now have all the information before you do and that's again where you have to provide that expertise to help them get to the finish line because i would i would tell this to any agent listening out there know your numbers know your craft um unfortunately it's not even unfortunate it's just 
you know, I don't know what some people do. They still look at agents sometimes as a commodity. I just need to get me right. in the door, put a sign in the yard. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more value than that. I always say who you work with matters, and there's no more, t- no, no more important time than that really applies than now. And I just feel like, you know, and I tell people that, or I talk to agents, well, I don't, I'm nervous about social media. I'm t- mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm, I'm a sales, to- I'm, one, you're a salesperson first. Right. And two, if you don't have a personal brand in this market, you're not, because when someone now can say, hey, Alexa, give me the top agent, that's where we're going to. So if you don't have that personal relationship or you don't have that brand where people think you and in real estate, you got to work at that. Absolutely. That's why I tell people. All right. We're going to have some fun here. All right. All right let's right, do it. Rapid questions. Uh, craziest showing story from your real estate career. Craziest showing. Okay. <laughs> I always like uh, these. Well, you know what? This I could I could probably name some. Probably not some that are appropriate for our podcast right now. <laughs> I'll keep them clean. But you know, one time I was showing a property and uh, – it was a young couple, and we heard running water upstairs. So I said, I don't, that just doesn't sound right. So anyway, I walked upstairs and walked into the bathroom, and there was a full-grown man taking a shower. <laughs> and I had absolutely no – I thought it was a toilet running or something like that. And I don't, know, I don't know who was more shocked, he or me, but evidently he didn't get the notice about the showing. So, but, well, I mean, um, That's something about technology because I remember when you didn't – you didn't obviously have text message when you had the courtesy call. Oh, yeah. Employment required or go and show. Still similar to today. Right. But people would sign up for the courtesy call and not get the call. Right. For the house my wife and I actually bought when we moved back to Raleigh – I, you know, mom, it was probably one of the last times mom worked with a buyer. It was 2006, and we ended up buying the townhome in Bedford. But we walked in, same thing. We didn't walk in on our cellar. Right. But we heard the water running, and, yeah, we got out of there really fast. Well, I just didn't put two and yeah. two together, but right, yeah. yeah. So here's another one, a little wrinkle, because many people have seen, maybe not know Don Walston, but he is a phenomenal person, phenomenal mm-hmm. owner. Amazing but he's also 100 miles an hour wide open. Nonstop. Best PG-13 Don Walston story. Like someone may not know about, like you have something. Well, I'm relatively new, so I think I'm still, but I, I've, I've heard stories about Don. But let me just, I'll, I'll say this about Don. I don't have a story, but I, I want to say that he is one of the most caring people. There are, are people that open up businesses to make money. He opened up business because he wants to take care of people, and he truly, truly, truly cares about his people. And at 80 years old, I hope I have half his energy when I'm his age. So, Well, that's how we came back in 2011. Right. Many people may not know. My mom started in 1987 with Better Homes and Gardens. Don was the mm-hmm. owner there. And um, she went to Remax. And it's kind of funny, though, because Don told my mom she wouldn't last a year in the business. And really? I think mom always remembered that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But, of course, that was uh, more of a friendly jab. But then, yeah, 2011, when during recession, things like that, she came back home. And I know my mom can't be happier. Don, like you said, he's... I love being around him. Uh, he's always got high energy, a lot of fun. Um, he always, you know, for a while I didn't know if he knew my name. He would always okay. call me. Well, he called me. I couldn't remember my nickname, but it was great. But yeah, he's awesome. So, um, all right. Well, and, that, and that's something that you'll see in the whole company. Uh, he has instilled that to the, the corporate team. The, everything they do at corporate is amazing because they they do it for the passion to help the agents. So, and it's it, we truly are a family run business where we look out for each other, we care for each other. That's so. great. So, so rapid questions now. Okay, are you ready? Come on. Favorite food? Steak. Favorite band? Uh, Dave Matthews Band. That's, have you seen him in concert? Yeah, How many I've, times? I've seen him twenty-two times. This summer will be the twenty-third time. So that's awesome. that's that's nothing. I mean. Um, my brother, I think he's seen him probably eighty plus times. So we just saw Magic Dragons for the fourth time. We thought that was like that's, that's high great. energy. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Was so great. We saw him just a couple weeks ago, and it was their third show on the tour. And you could tell how excited they they were back to yeah. entertaining in front of people. Well, that's one of my thing. Live music is something that that's you I know, do too. You yeah, know, just it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, favorite sports team. 
Carolina Panthers pro football, and then college basketball is going to be Chapel Hill. Carolina. Yeah, Carolina fan. Uh, what do you like to do when you're not doing real estate? Honestly, spending time with friends. That is probably something. That hanging out. St- hanging out, drinking beer, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of traveling. I love to travel, go check out different cities. Well, cool, because that's uh, going to be my next question. They, okay. Yeah, so that's cool. So just chilling, hanging out. Hanging out, having a good uh, time. Favorite movie? Uh, Saving Private Ryan, I would guess. I don't know. I'm not a big movie buff. Well, it's so. hard. I always ask that question, and I like movies, but then it's like, what genre? Right. right. I have several movies I love. But I always kind of gauge a movie if you know you love it, if you can start watching it any time during the movie and you still watch the whole thing. Right. You know, but yeah, Saving Private Ryan's fantastic. Yeah. Favorite place you visited? Recently, I would probably have to say San Diego. Um, love San Diego. A uh, little bit out of my price point, but uh, has great food, great area, great weather. Um, what took you out there? Just to visit or for Well, us? I've been out there several times, but I, this, I went back there in November for a convention, uh, oh. for NAR convention, but I also kind of bookended, took a few extra days and uh, enjoyed some of the sights, went to the La Jolla Beach there and just uh, just took some time traveling around. I've it only just, landed there, but I heard it's beautiful. Oh. I highly encourage you. My buddy David, you. if he's still listening, you know, we'll hook him up. You yeah, know, so. absolutely. I uh, encourage it. So, Where do you want to go that you haven't been to? You know, uh, Where do you want to travel that you haven't been to? I haven't been to Australia. Would love to I'm go to Australia. Australia. I've been all over Europe, all over, obviously, America for quite a bit, and, all, and, and Latin America, but uh, and Africa as well. But have not been to Australia, and that's probably my bucket list. That would be, yeah. that'd be really cool. I'm trying to arrange a trip next summer to take the family to Hawaii. Cool. My wife and I went there for our honeymoon. 17 years ago, but my son will be 15, my daughter will be 11. I was like, I want to take them back before they get much older. Exactly. Have a great trip. Yeah, so we're starting great. To books. Uh, you could have dinner with two people, dead or alive. Who would they be? Uh, I would probably have to say, well, that's a great question, dead or alive. Probably Bob Marling. Uh, again, <laughs> interesting guy. <laughs> that would so be cool. It would be a great one. So. And I don't know. Oh, boy. I didn't have time to think these through. These are why so. they're rapid questions. They are. I love it. All right. Give me, let me have come time to come back okay, to that one. Okay. All right. Your favorite charity? Um, probably the Green Share Project, just because okay. they do a lot for people here locally. So, so we're so. starting. We started this year. So I'm going to put Green Share. Yep. This but year. we also do the Turkish for the Triangle. That's another big one of mine. So, obviously, that, that goes to feed a lot of people, those in need. So... Um, but I, I do a lot. Um, Habitat for Humanity is something I can. Well, we're starting this year, so I wrote a letter out to all my sphere and friends this year. We wanted to make 2022 the year of giving. Absolutely. So everybody that closes on a home, and we're making a list, and everybody that comes on the Super Turb Podcast, we're donating 50 bucks in your name to your charity. Perfect. So we'll be happy to do that yeah. for Green Chair. And this is the last question I ask for all my guests. I love it. Um, I keep saying every episode I'm going to make a book whenever the Super Turb Podcast is over. Don't know when that will be, but I just love all the answers that I'm getting. Uh, the best advice you've ever received and by who? Well, the best advice, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name. He was an older gentleman. He owned a lot of rental properties in the area, and he always just used to say, don't sweat the little things. Don't get hung up on the minutia of the little things, but just you know, focus on getting things done and don't worry about it. Because if you, if you spend time worrying on something, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna solve the problem. Yep. So no, that's good. I love that. I love that. Mine was uh, said by my high school coach, Mark Miller. He always said, "Finish." Um, mm-hmm. And I coaching my son's team today or now, uh, but it applies to so much. If you start something, finish. You know, uh, you may not enjoy it, but if you commit yourself to doing that, finish okay. the task. Yep. 
Um, great one. Any final thoughts? And I appreciate you coming on the Super Turf Podcast. No, I just thank you for inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed fun. doing it. So it's always good to connect. You and I always talk a lot anyway, yeah. whether we're on camera or off camera. But it's just always good to well, just connect. So I'll be sharing this, uh, you know, so if anybody's wanting to talk to Mark, too, about, you know, real estate or a career change, you know, uh, just message Mark. He'll take great care of you. Um, no, I just can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, we also typically feature a local beer of the week. I may just throw that in right now. Usually I take a small break, but I'm going to talk about my favorite local beer right now. So, I, it, I've talked about them before, and I don't know if you And I'll share it. mine afterwards, but go ahead. Okay. Um, if you, you know Bombshell Brewery? Absolutely. Down there in Holly Springs? Yeah, Spring. that's great. So this time of year, they have a coconut stout. All right. And it's seasonal, I believe. But that I saw it at my friend's D's Bottle Shop off Falls and Noose. Right. And I always give my friends Taylor's Wine Shop a plug. Um, oh, they're great. Yeah, off Six Forks Road. I've been, they were actually one of my first clients when I got here. So to see that store evolve and become what it is, it's been I mean, I grew up in Pannonia. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents still live there, and Taylor's, or back in the day, was Variety Pickup. Right. And I couldn't cross the street. So I literally <laughs> right. could drive. I still laugh about that. Uh, but yeah, that they've been a staple there. Um, Ben Cash and his father, they're great people, Ben's, but they've been on my podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so if you can't make it to Holly Springs, down to the brewery, um, another little known fact about Bombshell, it's an all-woman brewery. Yep. But they have great beers. Anytime I'm actually showing a house down there, I usually stop, stop in. in. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But if like my friends at D's Bottle Shop, which is up there off Falls News near Wakefield, yeah. uh, that's where I picked up the last four-pack of uh, of coconut. Now, what was your favorite beer? My favorite beer is a, a – my personally, I'm an IPA drinker. Uh-huh. So, And if I have my go-to, it's a hop on top made by Luma Brewing Concession. So, uh, but we're very blessed to have a lot of yeah. great well, breweries. Well, that's why I started so. Local Beer of the Week, too. Oh, it's awesome. Um, you know, because there's so many great breweries, and as hopefully, you know, with the COVID restrictions getting – uh, lighter and lighter. Uh, yep. We just got word. I think March seventh, the kids are going to have masks optional and businesses. So it's going to be good. Plus, most of these breweries, you can be outside and you can bring your dogs Dog, and just right. hang out. So and I would say shop local. Shop, shop local. local. Yep. So I, I love that. So great. Well, Mark, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, everybody, if you love the podcast, please like, please subscribe. Uh, if you're at all wanting to come on the Super Turb Podcast, message me. I've had great people that I've never met before message me saying they'd love to get on. If you're a local business owner, entrepreneur, real estate agent, sports figure, coach, we'd just love for you to come on and tell your story, as well as if there's anything that we can do to help you accomplish your real estate goals. Again, it's Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Ida Turbot Group, Cobalt Banger, HPW here in Raleigh, North Carolina, a.k.a. Super Turb. Hope you guys have a phenomenal week, and remember, who you work with matters. See ya.